how not to get sued a thread oh good i love a good twitter thread are we gonna do that live? x paul x i'm sorry my name is rich ziotti i'm paul ford we're the co-founders of aboard which we'll tell you about in a second and this is the aboard podcast it is I'm doing fine. We had some technical glitches with the last one, and now uh, we have now, it sucked. We've spent hours um, unpacking that, and now we have a pretty good setup. To clarify, this is the podcast formerly known as Ziadi and Ford Advisors. Correct. And we are also on YouTube. If you want to keep listening, just audio and not see our faces, sorry. I mean, sad for you. But if you want to see our faces and some cool visuals, we're on YouTube as well. Sorry, potential spam was calling. Uh, spam likely? No, it's potential spam now. They grew it up a little bit. I have an idea. Do you know spam like the canned ham? Yes, I do. I think spam likely is a good name for the canned ham. Ooh, interesting. Because you don't know what's yeah. in it, really. Spam likely. Potential spam. Anyway, welcome to the Aboard podcast. Aboard's our startup. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Paul? Well, you know, we like to talk about big, broad subjects that are relevant to people in business and who are trying to build careers. And so uh, we think about that. What's going to be useful? What's going to be helpful? And one that popped into my head the other day and that we both should talk about is um, relates to how we started our business together, which is you used to be a lawyer. For like a minute. For a minute. For but a you went, hot minute. You went to law school. You loved the law. I love I love the 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 sort of deductive reasoning aspects. I use the law all the time. Law school teaches you to think a certain way. It's not like med school where you sort of ingest information. Every exam in law school is an open book exam. Right, actually. it's a process. It's a process, it's a way of thinking. It also it also teaches you how to handle an adversarial situation in a lot of ways. So yeah, I went to law school. My dad said I had a trusting face, and he said you should go to law school. That is a lot. We won't even break that down right now. The he used to watch Matlock. Do you know Matlock? Hell yeah, I know Matlock. It's you like put it Midwestern in a... friendly lawyer for those who are younger than two hundred years old. It was <laughs> um, what was it? Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. Yeah, and it was sort of like an old timey actor, and he's yeah. a good, goodly lawyer. He's kind of in there with Murder She Wrote. Like I'm bet. The Matlock was on Murder, She Wrote. Angela Lansbury was on Matlock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't get that good crossover like you used to get with you old. Well, they TV. would show up. Yeah, yeah, they would just like oh, pop up. Oh, yeah, like yeah, Somebody yeah. from Night Court would show up in like yeah. Seinfeld or whatever. Yeah. Not Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld was too cool. There was um, another one, Different Strokes yeah. and uh, the Girls School. What was it called? Oh, um, Facts of Life. Facts of Life. And Facts then there was of the, Life. Yeah, there was the whole like, Norman Lear Empire, where like all the Jeffersons and all in the family. They yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you have to understand is people who grew up when Rich and I grew up saw the world as a holistic, connected. Yeah, where we churned our own butter. Every, everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything was part of it. Anyway. Okay, sorry. Uh, yes, I, I have a law degree. So let me. I took the bar exam. So passed the, the bar exam. Okay. It's hard. But had to formally it. retire. You, you have to retire. So retired. Yeah, you have uh, to take continuing that education. Your work ethic. <laughs> Yes, fair. <laughs> That's for those. Okay, who, so for so those what? who don't Look. know, Rich's work ethic is a little more profound than mine. So he took that well. Fair. Um, okay. So here's the thing: we start this company. Yeah. You are good at difficult conversations. You welcome them. You lean into them. You don't love them. No. Um, I hate them. I'm terrified of them. And I'm really scared as a first-time business operator 
of getting sued. And let me explain why. We didn't do anything. I'm not doing anything bad, but I'm in a world now of contracts. I'm in a world of taxes. I'm in a world of obligations that I don't fully understand. You, yeah. And I was really like, genuinely, when you don't understand something, it becomes very scary. You're very scared of that letter showing up on legal letterhead saying you owe us this money or- It's, uh, you know, it's rough. You get emails from people who are like, hey, in yeah. the contract, it says this yeah. and so on. So that, I had some of those dynamics. And then before we started the business, I'd been an editor. And actually one of the funny things of being an editor is when you, people think you're like making magazine pieces better, but what a huge, the first thing you have to do is manage litigation risk for the magazine because somebody mm. always wants to sue the sure. magazine. Sure, sure, if sure. If facts are wrong, they yeah. go, well, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Yeah. So, or threaten to sue. Exactly. Or send a letter or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And so. Put the correction out and we're good. I mean, depends. And so I thought we could talk about how to avoid getting sued. Yeah. So let me disclaim first, this isn't formal legal advice. That's right. Um, We're not lawyers. Uh, let's get, uh, let's break this into two key pieces of advice. Okay. The first is, uh, well, let's get the bad news out of the way. Okay. Anybody can sue anyone. Like anybody can sue anyone. I mean, that it's, is You just got to get some paperwork. You actually don't even need a lawyer. You could sue someone without a lawyer. Yep. Anybody can sue anyone. Well, anybody can, not only that, just to back up a second, anybody can hint that they may sue someone or threaten that they may sue someone. I can send, I could go make up, I could put my letterhead, I can make it look all swirly, like Jacoby and Myers. Yes, small and, caps. And I could send you a letter right now saying, Rick, yes. you haven't met your yes. obligations in our partnership. I mean, the threatening legal letter is sort of the first sort of salvo in a, in a confrontation that I, could lead to a lawsuit. One of the fundamental lessons about that too, which I had to internalize, is that the threatening legal letter, if you're not someone in this world, feels like the worst day of your life. It's scary. And for the lawyer, it's Thursday afternoon and they build an hour and a half. Yeah. And look, there are many circumstances that legal letter may actually be the first step in a lawsuit. Or it may be a bully tactic to get you to do something, like stop doing something or pay a bill or whatever it may be. You have to take it seriously. You, you should read the letter. You should read the letter. You shouldn't <laughs> you hide should, from it. Yes, you um, should not hide from but it. But it, it in no way means that yeah. your life is over, that you are out of control in this situation. That's right. You have right. a lot of control. That's right. So let's talk about most people who get the letter mm -hmm. aren't shocked by the letter. Yeah, that's it's true. It's usually after like five bad phone calls and a couple of terrible meetings and it's like, we're done. Every now and then there are those people who just love to sue. Like that sucks. We've rarely you yeah. don't you don't really get that at an agency, but like yeah. somebody you're you're like your shoe store will get sued because a guy is just like, I didn't like the shoe. A litigious person or a neighbor that's cranky and yeah. hates the fact that you've painted your house yellow next yeah. door to them, they'll yeah. sue you. Yeah. I mean people sue people like we said yeah. earlier, anybody can sue. Well, also the person who does that, who is like the serial yeah. lawsuit yeah. sender, yeah, is um they're they're hitting like a hundred people, right? Like it's, it's actually become, yeah they fan out yeah so yeah 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 they, they end up with tremendous amounts of like it's not really power but kind of like notoriety because they do this it's so terrible they, they have a kind of loud voice in the community because they sue everybody so that's there is, right there is that but that that's kind of an outlier and the judge tends to know them and be like ah, what are you doing here Dan out, Dan get out of here yeah all right so that's one yeah so how'd you get there and. It's going to feel a little bait and switchy, I guess, but 
if you got to that point, it means something else broke down. It means things melted down. And if things go silent, if, if things got bad and then you didn't talk to each other for like three weeks yeah, this is and how it's this gone goes. quiet, it's a bad scene, right? And, and what's happening is it's not that people are lawyering up, they're stewing, right? They, the communication is broken down. And so what this comes back to, and it's kind of a, you know, a, a, a curveball here in terms of advice, because it has less to do with the law and more to do with relationships. You said earlier, when I started my company, you know, I started to freak out. I freaked out about getting sued. And that's frankly well-founded. You're essentially, if you have a company of 30 people and you're dealing with five vendors and you're dealing with six clients, you effectively have 30 relationships, 40 relationships in your life. Your landlord, your clients, your vendors, your employees. You now have many lines to you. This is real. And like, you might be on great terms with your employees and very low risk there, but your landlord is a whole nother world. It's a whole like other world. You're it's involved other... in all kinds of things. You where... threw a party where somebody kept urinating out the 11th floor window. Right. And the landlord got a huge fine from the city or something. Now that's your problem. And they're going to come back at you. or yep. and, But now look, again, you say, Mr. Landlord, could, this was embarrassing and terrible. Can we talk about this? And then by doing that, when people see each other's faces, there's like the likelihood of diffusing the situation goes up like 40%. It really does. Phone calls aren't as good. You know what I bet was- You got to see each other. You know what I bet was great for lawyers? Mm. Pandemic. Interesting. Because nobody's stopping by. Nobody's having Nobody's stopping by. And the Zoom doesn't cut it. The Zoom call doesn't cut it. Well, because the Zoom is all about getting to some- The Zoom is about getting to the outcome. That's right. Yeah. So how do you not get to that point? Before you get there, there was a thing you used to say a lot because you saw my anxiety about this. And we were, every organization that's kind of worth its salt is writing a lot of contracts, yeah. right? Like there's just contracts flying around. And I, I always felt ours were short and that yes. was sort of by design. And you were like, you gotta understand, anyone can sue anyone else. That's principle one. Yeah. Principle two is that the contract is not, don't, the contract is binding. Everybody signed it. But the reality is that the contract is a recipe for what to do. It's instructions for what to do when things go wrong. Yeah. It is not. It's not good. It's not. It doesn't. It isn't the relationship. No. The relationship has a connection to the contract, but it isn't the relationship. That's, that's right. It's subtle. But what that means is that, and what this really means is when, um, when that, we had that one client, okay, who would love to go back to the contract. She'd paste clauses in the agreement. Right. And look, let's say the contract. And she kept hiring us, right? Like this is. like She, we, she had a particular view from, of from how. From her point of view, this was a good relationship. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She had a particular view of how services worked. Mm-hmm. Like we could have been a caterer. Yes. Frankly. And, and look, how do you get there? You get there when, let's say the contract says, we're going to do a thing for you and you pay us on the 30th of every month. Okay. Okay. And then the third 30th of the month comes along and comes and goes and nobody pays. And Whoops. then we pick up the phone a week later. We don't want to be too too aggressive and say, hey, you didn't pay your bill. It's like, well, I'm not paying it. Why not? Well, I don't think you fulfilled your services. What do you mean? We did fulfill our services. Well, what about this? And then oh, pasted clause from the agreement. This is a classic. That's unusual. That's unusual, to be clear. Well, you know when that happens? It's when the company on the other side tanks 
and they have to get out of their obligations. They're trying to get out of They're it. Trying, so instead of being like, look, let me, I can give you 10%, and then after that, I have no money. Because frankly, I would have been empathetic to that. In these situations, they often like their bulldog yeah. comes and is like, you know, you never, you never did these five things. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story, a second story from real world experience. We had an agreement with one of the largest investment banks in the world, mm -hmm. and they wanted out of it. And they wanted out of it and they said it very matter of fact, like we're out of it. And then I looked at them and this is not a normal room to be in. I'm a nobody. And these were like six partners at this firm. And I said, you can't do that. You signed the contract. Yeah. And, and it wasn't a threat. It was like, and then they understood. I'm like, how about, and then I went into constructive mode. They weren't happy. Sure. And we needed to rejig the relationship. I'm not going to fight them. They have an entire floor of lawyers that are just bored. This is right. You got it. Yeah. You gotta know. Yeah. Again, like I think the contract also, people think that with a contract, they have superpowers. Yeah. So you'll sign this like giant agreement with a giant company and, and, and then they'll come in and they'll completely alter the rules of everything. Yeah. And this is where like, you have to be a little proactive. You have to write, like write the memo and it doesn't, they have to sign it. You have to send an email saying like, Hey, I just want to let you know. Yeah. Per your request, we're going to rejigger the schedule a little bit. And like, we're probably not, not going to get these three things for yeah. you, but we are going to get the other three things. Yeah. And they'll write back and go, looks good to me. Humans diffuse conflict yes. when they see each other. That's a fact. Like, yeah. that's why the UN gets together. That's why people have conferences. That's why there's the summit meetings. And that's why companies and partners get together. Um, those get-togethers aren't just to land business. It's also to maintain those relationships, right? And and by doing that, when things do go wrong, you can say, Jim, let's figure this out. We kind of screwed up, but you can't tell me we screwed up for $100 worth. We probably screwed up for $30 worth. They'd be like, oh, I don't know, Rich. How about 50 And then you work it out. This is a digression, but it's worth a minute, which is I, I actually think a lot of the work from home debate, a lot of the people on one side of that debate didn't have relationships or dynamics where they were managing relationship risk there, you know, and if you're like kind of just checking in code, you kind of, you don't have to go to the office. I get yeah. it. But where the managers get confused by this is they're like, I have to be there. I have to look people in the eyes. Yeah. I have to calm everybody down. Yeah. And, and I feel like that dynamic, because one side feels that in their bones and the other is like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Right. That's so right. just, just a little tan tangent. Yeah. There. Anyway, regardless. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Okay, so there's all this. So I come in. So A, we tell people we're going to help them avoid getting sued. And now we tell them they can't. And now that we <laughs> tell them the contracts are kind of meaningless. No, they're not meaningless. They, they do represent the, the responsibilities and obligations of the parties. Like if I have to deliver bottled milk to you every day. And but the reality you is you, you need to know what's in that contract. You need then, to know what's in the and contract. you need to externalize that as a relationship or you're actually not doing your job. You have to. You have to. You have to. Uh, if things so go if south, the contract is not merely a recipe for what, what happens when things go wrong. It's a blueprint blueprint for a relationship that needs to be evaluated daily. It needs to be, I wouldn't say evaluated. I would say nurtured and tended to. Okay. Um, so you nobody, view, think, nobody looks at a contract and goes time to nurture. Look. If you're a business and you want more business, you yes. need to nurture it anyway. Like I if you're not doing that. And I want more business. You want more business. Yeah. If you want to avoid conflict or diffuse conflict when things go wrong, you want to, you want to maintain the relationship. It's all, it goes back to relationships. Last thing I want to talk about, I want to end on the most boring possible thing. You ready? Yeah. 
insurance. Well, all right. <laughs> okay, but this is another thing, which is like, what is liability insurance? How does that all work? Because that was another thing that kind of threw me. Everybody demanded we have it, uh, and we had errors and omissions. And like, what is that? When you are providing goods or services to someone else, or frankly, access to a piece of property, um, mm -hmm. you need liability insurance. If I have a clothing store and someone comes in and they just mopped it and they slip and fall, mm -hmm. they could sue me, okay. right? And and when they sue me, that could wreck my whole business. They could say, "Oh, you broke my I broke my back. You give me a million dollars, and I don't have a million dollars." So you get what's called liability insurance. That's called premises liability, which is essentially whatever happens on your premises um, is covered by, you pay some insurance money. And if some somebody brings a, a, a lawsuit against you, the insurance company steps in, puts lawyers on it, and actually pays out. Okay. So they, they, they handle it for okay. you. If you're in a consulting firm, there's something called errors and omissions insurance. So if they say, hey, you delivered the software to me, but the data's leaky and mm -hmm. everything's in, in the wrong language yeah. or something and you ruin my 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 customer uh, uh reputation my mm -hmm. my reputation with my customers i can pull up that policy and say hey they th this and this and this and they're going to cover it now is it necessary yeah it is necessary because you can have severe um events that could do in a storefront business or could do in uh the most damaging brutal uh, liability is um, design defect liability. Hmm. If you designed a car and the brakes, the way they worked, would occasionally jam and not work, mm -hmm. and that's a design defect, not a manufacturing defect, meaning like one of the cars was the brakes were installed poorly. So mm -hmm. you got one issue. Instead, you have a design defect, which means every everybody's under threat. So you and it leads a class action law. Yeah. It's a huge, huge deal. Anyway, um, insurance is part of protecting yourself from lawsuits. Here's, I think, another thing. I, I think this is probably the more useful sort of piece of advice to share. Anybody can weaponize the law. Okay. Um, if somebody is has it out for you, um, they can they can use the law to create a lot of headaches for you. Um, and that could be an employer who wants to get someone fired. They could rummage through their emails. That could be an employee who wants to get their employer in trouble. And they could say, he they said something to me. So it's, it's a sort of a, let me bolt on one more piece of advice, which is be careful what you do and what you say. And do less of it and say less of it. This um, is this is a big lesson for me, which is and the way I summarize it is irony doesn't scale. Like you love to say ironic things if you're like you think of yourself as a funny, yeah. hilarious person. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, Absolutely. And I love to be droll. I love to be like, oh well, it looks like this is a disaster. Well, there goes yeah. your career. Yeah. And um, you know, I remember there's a there's a book called Agency about running an agency. One of the pieces I need to it, read that book. One day, one day. Um, there is a piece of advice in it which is don't joke about saying like you're fired. Like, yeah, because one day you're gonna have to fire the person. Oh, like you're not actually firing them, you're making no, a joke. No, it's like they brought it. in like a you know, uh, the wrong kind of crumb cake, and it's like you're fired. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. No. no, because then like two weeks later, you're yeah. doing a shutdown of their division. I mean, it's annoying and dry to say, but you have a legal relationship with everybody you're this dealing with. This is the big thing, right? It's you are not, you're like, you're going to work. You aren't buddies, you're, you're not buddies. Yes. Yeah, well, it's tricky, right? You and I actually have a relationship that is bound by a contract. Well, we have an operating agreement an for operating, our businesses, yes. But, and um, and we're very, very good friends. We never go to the agreement. 
That would be You've never, if you ever. That would be a disaster. That's a bad thing, right? It means it's broken down between us. If we haven't gone out to drinks to talk about it. Exactly. Which, look, we've had our our disagreements about where to take the business at some different points. Yeah. We just have to talk it through. Yes, that's right. It's kind of like the same advice you get for marriages and friendships. except the marriage is not, is is a legal construct, but that's not the foundation. The legal construct comes after the marriage. Yeah. The, the relationship comes after the contract. Yes, here. that's and right. That's, so I that's think right. like that's, that's the big right. difference. So wait, let me just, let me break this down really quick. So if you are just like a freelancer, read some FAQs, get out there, learn yeah. a little bit. Maybe you need a little insurance. Most likely your clients would ask you for it. Sometimes they do. That kind of thing. Yeah. If you're starting a business, go see a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's not g- expensive. If you're starting a business, it means you've got some bigger ambitions. Yeah, spend a little bit of money. You don't need a white shoe firm. Just go no, get a, a lawyer that can help you out. Literally, someone who's done it before. Yeah, It'll yeah, probably yeah. cost you like fifteen hundred bucks. You yeah. get all the right paperwork. That's right. And then you have a lawyer. So that actually feels good because if somebody calls or somebody says like, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, what you did was wrong. You know, you can call someone and be like, Hey, what's going on? It, and then they'll be on is, your side. It is a big relief. When you forward a letter along to a lawyer and he just sort of shrugs and say, don't worry about it. It's a very big, it's the same as like hearing from a doctor that the test came back fine. 90% of the time, if something happens, a lawyer will just be like, we'll handle it. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to write him a letter. Yeah. And when they see there's a lawyer on the side or lawyers love to fight, they love to fight with other lawyers. It's yeah, but they also know each other a yeah, lot of the time. I mean, right. we're talking New York City's a big place. Mike, what are you doing here? Yeah, and exactly. it actually comes down to that. Exactly. So, uh, and then as the organization gets larger, now it's actually like real and you need everything buttoned up. Yes. You need really good advice. Yes. So that's, but that, that first 10 employees, one lawyer that you know is plenty. Yeah. And um, get, get, get some insurance. Wait, we have insurance at this firm, don't we? No. Oh my God. We don't. Not yet. I guess Which firm are some... you talking about? <laughs> Aboard. Oh, what a segue. Uh, Aboard.com, collect, organize, and collaborate. It's a free Software as a service tool. Uh, it's on the web, uh, but the mobile app's coming very soon. I'm gonna, Check it out. I'm Join for you. free. It's very cool. It's a great way to organize stuff. Uh, I'm going to say something utterly real. I've been using it a lot lately. Yep. And there there have been many points in the development of the software where I'm like, I know why we don't have a lot of users. Yeah, yeah. I now don't know why we don't have a lot of users. Well, we haven't marketed the tool. Well, there Here is we that. Are. No, no, I understand. <laughs> Nobody exactly. knows it exists. But when I, when I sit down and use it, I'm like, yeah. millions of people should be using it. It's so very useful. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's actually pretty Check good. it out so check at aboard.com. And uh, thank you for listening. If you're on YouTube, thank you for watching. Subscribe, like, and turn on that notification button. That's I right. I got a haircut for this. You're looking good, Paul. Yeah, you too. All right. Here Have a go. lovely, All right. lovely week. Bye. Bye.